0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is believe. Can you believe this? Oh, side out enough. Say it with your chest. Looking to push tempo here, the Pelicans. Funny hops into a bucket.
1: Hold that follow-through. He That's right. This is what takes would never level. What the Pell is up, everybody? This is Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans with your host, Elliot Clough, at Elliot Clough on Twitter. That's E-L-I-O-T-C-L-O-U-G-H. And as we always do before we get started, make sure if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, go leave a rate and review and subscribe or follow wherever you are listening. Super easy to leave that rate and review. Just scroll to the bottom of the Pelicans page and hit that rate, five-star rate preferably, and then write a review. Really helps us out. Takes like 20 seconds. Now, for today's podcast, we are previewing the Clippers matchup with the Pelicans today at 5 p.m. Central Time, and we are joined by Garrett Corpening of Sports Illustrated, the deputy editor of the LA Clippers page online. So we're going to be previewing the game, talking about the game from January where the Pelicans took on the Clippers and how the Clippers fared against the Lakers without Montrez and Lou Williams, how that'll translate to the game today, and then our final predictions and even a little bit more. So here is my conversation with Garrett Corpening Sports Illustrated. And we are joined by Garrett Corpening deputy editor of the Sports Illustrated's LA Clippers website. Garrett, you just came off another podcast, so we, we talked about it a little bit before we started. You're, I'm sure you're feeling it, but other than that, how are you doing, man?
0: I'm doing really great. Despite the loss last night, uh, I'm feeling pretty comfortable about the team's chances. Um, pretty good overall right now.
1: Cool. Well, glad to hear it. And like you mentioned, the loss last night for the Clippers coming off that 103-101 lost to the Lakers last night with Paul George getting up that last shot, LeBron James playing some excellent defense on that last possession. So, you mentioned you're you're feeling okay, you're feeling pretty confident going forward. How are you feeling last night? Was it was that pretty demoralizing seeing that shot go up and see it not fall?
0: So, I'm not going to lie, I mean, it was definitely demoralizing, definitely frustrating, especially because the whole rest of the game was so engaging and so great. It was back and forth all the way through. We had great performances from almost every star in the game. So I thought it was a great game. Ultimately, the Clippers did lose, and it was tough to see that ending like that. But I think, you know, considering the circumstances with the Clippers playing Patrick Beverly for like 16 minutes, missing Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell, that's a pretty significant uh, loss, I think, on their end that they could easily make up for. And I think the fact that it was only a two-point loss, given all those circumstances, is pretty encouraging.
1: Yeah, I, the Clippers are still an elite team in the West. Uh, two of their best players, obviously not there, not playing. Lou Williams, obviously in, in quarantine, which we have talked about on this podcast, and I just was freaking floored at how that all happened. <laughs> but any big takeaways about the Clips last night, at least how they're playing in the bubble, if it's any different than it was during the regular season or these scrimmages that we got to see? Obviously, you're missing Sweet Lou. Obviously, you're missing Montrez Harrell. Um. Any big takeaways about the way they played about uh, about those absences?
0: I'll be honest. I don't think they played a great game. Uh, and I also think, to go along with that, the previous three matchups in this series, I think the Clippers definitely did not play their best in any of those games. Last night, they got out-rebounded. The Lakers had four more assists than they did. The Clippers had 20 turnovers. The Lakers had, I want to say, 16 or 15. So, you know, I think the Lakers deserve to win this game, but at the same time, the Clippers definitely did not play the full potential, even with the guys that were out, you know, being out. Um, Marcus Morris didn't make a shot in the game. He went 0 for 4. Reggie Jackson was 3 of 10. He started off strong in the first quarter, but did not finish that well. Uh, Landry Shamit, but 1 of 8. So all those guys, and also it beats to mention dimension too. He played 15 minutes, had 2.3 rebounds. So it's another player like him that could step up in this series that we are used to seeing play pretty well against this team. So I think that there was definitely some things they could improve upon. Didn't play a fantastic game. Uh, I'm hoping that in the future uh, when they do meet the playoffs, they do meet the playoffs. Those are guys that step up and they're guys I expect to step up as well.
1: Now going into this second game in the bubble for both the Clippers and the Pelicans, both coming off tough losses, but you know, there's been some conversation with Pelicans fans at least in our podcast that the Pelicans don't really have a go-to just dog like like the Clippers have and obviously we don't see it personality-wise from Kawhi but we see it a lot from Pat Bev and what I'm thinking going into this one not only do the Clippers have two bona fide superstars on their roster to boot I also personally think they're going to be a little bit Basically on a mission against the Pelicans, having that loss against the Lakers, who are their crosstown rival, who they're always compared to. Do you think that's going to be a factor going into this one tonight?
0: I definitely could see it. I don't think, you know, they're going to want to lose back-to-back games to start off. I don't know how much that would affect them going into the postseason but I do think it's something that you know, the media might attach to and say, like, what's going on with the Clippers? They lost the first two games in the bubble. Oh, they're better than this. We know they're better than this. So that could kind of get involved in that headspace and that kind of stuff and maybe throw them off. Um, but I do think they're going to come out tomorrow, or tonight, I guess, uh, driven against this team, wanting to get a win and prove that even with the guys they're missing right now, they can still be competitive and still knock off teams that are vying for playoff spots like New Orleans Pelicans.
1: Yeah, that, that that sounds about right. And speaking of Pat Beverly, uh, like you said, he came off the bench last night, which was a little different from what we've seen from Pat Bev. And uh, before we before I ask this question, have you listened to the podcast? That that JJ JJ Redick's podcast is awesome. I, I personally love it. And then when uh, he had Pat Beverly on, have you listened to that one? I have. That. Honestly, I'm going to be honest, I, I would consider myself and I, I feel like you'll, you'll probably relate to this is that especially in this field that we're kind of dream chasers, you know, We're we're working really hard to, to get what we want. And I went from really not liking Pat Beverly to absolutely loving Pat Beverly in one podcast. I'm not going to lie. Um, but with with that dog in him, with that, you know, that that tenacity that he plays with. What were your thoughts on him coming off the bench? Do you think that he'll start against the Pelicans, especially with Reggie Jackson struggling in this last game?
0: You know, I think Pat should start, and I think he probably will going forward. I think the only reason for him not starting this game last night was because Reggie has been with the team since they arrived in Orlando earlier this month. Patrick Beverly was present at shoot prior to Thursday's game, but did not practice with the team. So this was his first action with the Clippers in the last four months. Obviously, he attended a fan matter back in Texas, I want to say. One of his close friends died. So this was, you know, a pretty tough thing for him to just like jump into straight off of coming off of that and going straight into this game against the Lakers. So I do think that he will start moving forward as long as he's ready. That said, if he still needs some more time to get ready and kind of settle back into that starting role and playing that many minutes because he didn't only play 16 minutes last night, I could definitely see Reggie starting again but I don't think that Reggie would probably start too many more games before Pat is back in that rotation and playing upwards 30 minutes nights again.
1: If anything, uh, I think it's safe to say that Reggie Jackson is not the defender that Pat Beverly is. <laughs> Ooh, no. <laughs> 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 Absolutely uh, not. Yes. So last time these two teams met in uh, January, January 18th, it was actually the game following the Jazz this last last time these guys played as well. But um, it was much like last night for the Pelicans – they have a hefty lead at one point. I believe it was 15 points in the third quarter against the Clippers on January 18th, and they proceeded uh, to piss it down their leg. The Clips went on to win 133 to 130. Now, this time around, the Clips won't have Montrez Harrell and Sweet Lou like they did last night combined for 56 points, and Lou Williams had 32 of those and was a big part of the offense really clicking in the fourth quarter and, and getting the win against the Pelicans in New Orleans but this time they have Paul George. Do you think he's enough to compensate not necessarily directly for those 56 points. Do you think that offensively he's enough to keep up without having Lou Williams and Montrezl
0: Harrell? I think so. I think we saw last night he could turn it on in a second. He dropped 30 points. He was very efficient from the floor. I want to say he shot six of 10 three-point range made some very 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 important shots on the stretch uh, he's someone that you know Clippers fans can be comfortable relying on, especially now that he's healthy and his shoulders are back
1: 100%. Yeah, the, the need for Montrez Harrell and, and guys like Lou Williams off the bench throughout the league is massive. I mean, these two guys are energy guys. I, do you think that that's something that hurt the Clippers last night at all?
0: I do. I mean, anytime you are going to miss guys that – result. Uh, you know, they, they produced 38 points per game off the bench. Like, This is the top scoring bench in the NBA, yes, but so much of it comes from those two guys. So anytime you miss them, it's going to be a big thing. Uh, the energy obviously is a big part of that because that second unit last night just did not look energized, did not look great uh, by any means. Basically, the non-Kawhi and non-PG minutes, I think, were what lost that game for LA. So having them or not having them is a, is a pretty significant loss. So I do think that It's going to be tough not to have them against New Orleans, uh, but I do think the Clippers are still capable of, you know, winning this game without them.
1: Sure. And the second unit two nights ago for the Pelicans looked really, really good too. So that'll might be a point of concern for, for Clippers fans. Also, can't forget to mention that the Pelicans' Derek Favors went off for 22 points, 10 of 10 from the field, and 11 boards in the last time these two teams met. The center position looks to be, at least from what I've seen, a a place that the, the Clippers really struggle to defend. Two nights ago, Anthony Davis scoring 34 points. And here's the thing is, I'm sure, well, you probably haven't seen too much of it. But in Pelican's Twitter, people were freaking out last night and going in today about Derek Favors is the worst. Why is he he's still playing? There was a, a point that he interacted with somebody on Twitter and favorited a tweet that said something about how the, the Pelican's fans are trying to boot him out of town. And that favorited a tweet, responded to a tweet that said something about him going back to Utah. So that kind of hurts. But wow. what I'm hoping is that he bounces back tomorrow night to do a I told you so kind of thing. Is, is that a point of concern? Is, is it really that big of a deal, that center position, in terms of defense for the Clippers, especially without Trez?
0: You know, I think right now it could be. I don't want to downplay Ibiza Zubats' defense. There have been times this season where he hasn't played a lot of minutes, and I think that's been a key factor for opposing teams scoring a lot in the paint. Because when you look at a lot of like the advanced metrics and that kind of stuff, Zoo does rank pretty highly in terms of like shot contests at the rim, uh, opponent field percentage at the rim, that kind of thing. So I think he's a really he's a pretty solid defender, if not great defender in in the paint. The issue with that right now is that he did have coronavirus. He just came back a couple days ago. Again, like Pat, the Lakers game was his first – well, actually, sorry. It wasn't his first action. He didn't play in the Clippers' last game against the Wizards in the scrimmages but didn't play a lot and kind of just didn't look all the way there. So I do think he's kind of still finding his footing and getting back into things, which could be an issue as far as the Clippers' you know interior D goes. Uh, and then not having Montrezl Harrell and only having, you know, a 36-year-old Joakim Noah who uh, I think has looked solid on offense, has still looked about a step behind or so on defense. It could be a point of concern. I think it's going to be a bit of an issue if Zubats doesn't uh, or isn't able to play to full potential.
1: Sure. And in that last matchup, Jackson Hayes actually scored 14 points in 16 minutes as well, coming from the rookie from Texas. And, you know, I, I would like to think that Hayes will step up and really contribute due to his fitness and his, his youth and his energy going against a guy, especially like Joaquin Noah, even though Noah only played, played 10 minutes. And the two comp- combined for 25 minutes last night. Jackson Hayes, I'd like to think that he would use, like I said, that energy, that youth to really just go at him and, and keep the the pace fast. But I just don't trust him on defense. Do you think? And I'm also a big Zubats guy. I thought they got the Clippers got him for basically nothing when they traded between the Lakers to get him. Do you think Zubats could really, assuming you know his fitness and assuming he's good to go, could really take advantage of Hayes on the offensive side of the board because <laughs> Hayes is not a good defender. That's been well-established.
0: I think so. I mean, I'm not going to say that Zubats is, you know, a great scorer in the post because he's not. What he is, he has a terrific chemistry with Kawhi and PG, both great playmakers that we've seen this year. They both set him up for really great shots under the, ba- under the uh, basket. And the fact that he is a seven-footer, you know, Two hundred forty-two, fifty pounds. He definitely has the size to take advantage of someone like Hayes, I think. Uh, And if he's put in the right position, and I think you know has his legs back under him and that kind of stuff, uh, it could definitely be someone that causes an issue for New Orleans today. So,
1: uh, on the other hand, now looking at players that will be available for the Pelicans, Zion is 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 kind of back, and Drew this time around will will be available. As well, And it's kind of a defensive one step forward and two step back when you add both of these players at the same time. The whole Zion thing is pretty damn frustrating. I'm sure you've heard plenty about it even not being in Pelicans Twitter or being a Pelicans focused writer. But do either of those things, either of these two players coming back against the Clippers this time, Is that a point of concern at all either? I know we talked about Derek Favors scoring 22 points, 10 of 10, but either of these two guys really concerned for you. Drew is just incredible defensively.
0: Yeah, I think you can't ignore Drew. He's a fantastic player. And the Clippers, uh, especially that second unit right now without Lou, are going to struggle to get production from the guards. That could be a a pretty significant issue. And then as far as Zion is concerned, I mean, obviously he's he's a fantastic player. I don't think any team in NBA has, has an answer for Zion. The thing, like you said, though, is, is so frustrating about it is that he's not getting a chance to play you know, normal rotation minutes right now. He's playing in bursts. And if I read correctly, that's going to be the game plan for today's game as well. So the Clippers, I think, could survive that. Uh, it's, it, but it, I definitely see the point that it's frustrating for the fact that, you know, the, the Pelicans team trying to get to the playoffs, their team is trying to win every game they can right now to get to this play-in and that sort of thing. And yet, your best player, arguably, is on the sidelines for the majority of the game.
1: I recorded, not right after the game last night, but a reaction pod after the, after the game. It gave me a couple hours just to wind down, because I'm 24 years old, but that basketball game got me heated for a long time. <laughs> I don't think I have sworn that much on a podcast before, dude. Like, mm. I, I just... I just don't get it compared yeah. with some of my buddies uh, over at propels talk. We are just beside ourselves. And you know, this winning culture idea came with Trajan and Langdon came with David Griffin in the front office. And I, to a degree, I get it. But Zion's first night against the Spurs in January, his debut NBA game, he played 25 minutes mm-hmm. coming off that, that, that meniscus tear. And this time around, he, apparently wasn't like super active in, in getting fit and staying fit when he left for that family emergency. But 15 minutes in birth. Oh, God. Like I said, I'm sure you've heard plenty about it. And like you said, you, you read about the possibility or probability of that happening again. Tonight. So, What do you make of the whole thing? From an outsider's perspective, what are your first thoughts?
0: You know, I'll speak from the perspective of a fan and saying that it's frustrating just in that sense because, uh, you know, you schedule Jazz Pelicans at opening night because you have Zion to promote, and then he plays 15 minutes, and it's like, okay, you feel kind of duped, first of all, that you just missed that. I also think, too, that, you know, this is a very, very close game, one that the Pelicans probably could have and should have won Uh, if Zion was in and playing the minutes that we all expected him to. Uh, And again, like I said, the fact that wins are going to be so hard to come by right now with these teams competing for playoff spots and that sort of thing. I just don't understand why you don't go all in and do what you can to win that game uh, against Utah and just give Zion those minutes. Like
1: you're, you're telling us you're trying to win. And even at that 15 minute cap, you could put them on the floor for that last play six seconds as a distraction Mm -hmm. help with spacing, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. at least for, for BI to get a shot off. Ugh, just freaking frustrating. And we don't need to go into it anymore because Pelicans fans are already pissed off. (laughs) uh, I riled them up again uh, last, or I guess this morning. So yeah, it's just, uh, it's just really, really frustrating. If, if there was a, a guy on, on the Clippers in a situation like this, say Kawhi or, or Paul George, not net obviously Zion's young, trying to protect him for the future. But if this was a situation with the Clippers, how would you feel about it? I, I mean, I'm assuming you would feel probably close to the same.
0: I think I would, yeah. I mean, there have been times this season where the Clippers have not played uh, a Kawhi or a Paul George because of injury stuff or a back-to-back thing or something like that. Uh, I want to say it was the first game against Milwaukee, Clippers didn't have PG because he's still recovering from the shoulder surgeries, but they also did not play Kawhi, I think because it was either the first or second night of a back-to-back. And I think the same was true for a game against the Jazz early on in the season where they didn't play Kawhi because it was a back-to-back situation. And it was frustrating because typically the game that either preceded or followed that game was an easier contest. So I don't know why you wouldn't play your best players in the games that matter more especially if you feel like your team can handle that other team without them. So that's definitely a frustrating thing. But again, if you're in, if you're in a position where winning is the most important thing, you have a limited amount of games left. uh, The next one coming against a very, very good Clippers team, you know, wins are hard to come by. And if you're not playing your best player, I think that sets a, it sets a bad message to the fans, first of all, but also, maybe two teammates as well saying like, you know, what are we doing right here? If, if we're trying to win these games and we're not, you know, being helped and put in position to win these games, what are we doing?
1: Uh, I'm glad you can sympathize. (laughs) (laughs) Well, to, uh, to wrap things up a little bit here before, before we do like final scores or predictions or anything like that, is there any, anything you gleaned from this last podcast or any stat or anything like that that you wanted to throw out there?
0: As far as the Clippers are concerned. Yeah. Just to, just to harp a little bit on, on Clippers Lakers again. Go um, for it. Kawhi Leonard has been so incredible against the Lakers this season of these games. I want to say he's shooting close to, if not higher than 50, 40, 90 from the field. He's also playing, I think 33 ish minutes per game. Against the Lakers this season. A number that will go up probably by five, six, seven minutes in the playoffs. Um, and on the other end of the floor, LeBron James has struggled against the Clippers. Obviously, he had made some great plays last night with the defense, the final possession, and getting some rebound and scoring to that was ultimately a game-winning shot. But LeBron's percentages across the board have been awful against LA. I think ultimately what it comes down to with these two teams, and you know, I'm going off here on a little tangent, but <laughs> the the Lakers don't really have an answer for Kawhi and PG. The Clippers don't have an answer for AD. They do have an answer for LeBron. And I think beyond that, the Clippers' depth kind of wins out over the Lakers. And so I guess to tie this in with the Pelicans uh, – actually, yeah, never mind. <laughs> just, I, <thought laughs> I, was going. I, I don't know how I was going with that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a little Lakers rant. I don't know. Sure. All right. Fair enough.
1: And, you know, looking forward in the playoffs – that, that'll be something to, to turn back to, for sure. So going into the game tonight, who do you have winning? Why? Any, any big things that you see coming? Any predictions for scoring from certain players or anything like that?
0: So I have the Clippers winning, partially because of the Zion thing, but also because I think it's just a better team. Again, the Pelicans are a team that, you know, they're, they have a great defensive player in Drew Holiday. Uh, I think Alonzo Ball is a good defender. But the fact of the matter is they don't have an answer for Kawhi or PG. Both of these guys are red hot right now. I think both of these guys are going to want to come out and win tonight, especially. So I got to go LA here. I think the biggest thing is going to be Patrick Beverly's status uh, and how well Reggie and Marcus Morris and Landry Tamat bounce back in this performance against the Lakers. If Pat is starting, one of the things is Pat. He affects the box score because he is a, a fantastic defender, but also a pretty solid offensive player. He's a fantastic three-point shooter. He does a lot in terms of rebounds and that kind of stuff. He's a great playmaker as well. But the biggest thing Pat does is set the tone on both ends of the floor. He's very intense. He motivates the players. He's a very encouraging, you know, point guard to have out there on the floor. So I think if he's starting, the Clippers will jump off to an early lead and probably sustain that at the rest of the game. If he's not starting and you have Reggie. Uh, it's going to be tough to kind of have that same mentality going into the game. Uh, I think the Clippers probably would still come back and win at some point, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's a lot more even in the first half. Than we might expect if Pat does come off the bench.
1: I'm going to go ahead and say, I, I agree with you. I think things that, that can be an advantage for the Pelicans is if Reggie Jackson starts mm-hmm. the second string or the, the second unit coming off the bench against the Clippers second unit. And it's going to be – it's just – it's guys like Paul, George, Kawhi. I mean, we've talked about it so much on this podcast. LeBron, Giannis, those three, four tweener kind of guys' wings just absolutely shred the Pelicans. Just shred them. And not only do the Clippers have one, but two guys like that. And it's going to be just – it's going to be tough. They The, the Pels are going to have to – I mean, I don't know – which one Drew is going to guard. I don't know who's going to guard the other one because oh, I, I just think it's going to be ugly. I, I really – I don't think that, you know, I don't think the Clips are going to win by like 20 or anything like that. But I, I just don't – I don't see the Pelicans bouncing back in this one. And the Pelicans fans are going to be heated. Oh, <laughs> oh just – I mean, like – and if they beat the Jazz or two nights ago, then it would not be near as bad. But I really think – the fire gentry birds are going to be uh, coming out. Tell you that they were coming out loud two nights ago. So yeah, it's good. I don't think it's going to be good, but fun talking with you, Garrett. Thanks so much for joining us. How can we follow you on Twitter? How can we see some of your work?
0: Yes, you can find my work at uh, allclippers.com, which is a sports illustrated site. I cover the Clippers over there. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at G a That's G a C H O R P E N N I N G.
1: Awesome. Thanks so much, Garrett.
0: Absolutely. Thank you.
1: There you have it, Pels fans. My conversation with Garrett Corpening of Sports Illustrated. Go follow him on Twitter and go head over to Sports Illustrated's LA Clippers page to see some of his work. Does some excellent stuff over there for them. Once again, do not forget to go follow at Elliot Clough on Twitter, E-L-I-O-T-C-L-O-U-G-H. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to head over there and respond to the tweet. That includes the link to this podcast, and you will probably, possibly be retweeted, and we'll start up a conversation there with you. We always love hearing from our fans, whether it's on Apple Podcasts or Twitter And speaking of Apple Podcasts, make sure to leave that rate and review do it! and subscribe if that happens to be where you're listening. If you're listening on Spotify, Stitcher, any other platform, go ahead and hit that follow. And if there's an option to leave a review, go ahead and do that as well. Now, also... Do not forget, go follow Believe on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. That's B-L-E-A-V. And you can check out a plethora of their other podcasts on Believe.com or just head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you're listening to this podcast right here. And Pels fans, you can always check out some more Pelicans coverage on SB Nation's The Bird Rights. That will include work from myself, and it will include former guests Preston Ellis, Ali Cosell, Chris Connor, Kevin Berias, David Grubb, and... More. So once again, folks, I am Elliot Clough. This was Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.